Welcome to the Table for One podcast, a podcast for those of you who are cooking for one. You'll find interviews with people who are cooking for one, nutrition tips, cooking tricks, and other practical topics for all my single listeners, and all without the mention of dieting or restriction because, well, dieting just kind of sucks. So join me as I explore the realities, the challenges, and highlight the joys of cooking for one in this busy world. Hi, welcome back. I am excited to share today's episode. I talked to my friend Emily, who is a registered dietitian over at sinfulnutrition.com, and she recently has done some traveling and lived in places that had really small and not very well-equipped kitchens, and I think that's something that a lot of people maybe who live in bigger cities or more like established older cities living in old, old places where the kitchens just don't have much in them. And so how do you cook at home when you don't have very much equipment in there? Well, Emily's got lots of fantastic tips and it's just a fun conversation about crappy kitchens um, that we would kind of been talking about for a little bit. So I'm excited that we finally recorded this episode. And one other announcement is that I will be launching a fun meal planning meal, well just meal planning, meal planning challenge. It starts February 10th. And honestly, the easiest way to get there, because it's kind of a weird URL, is to go to my Instagram uh, account, which is nnc underscore table for one. So it's Nourish Nutrition Co. Table for one, nnc underscore table for one. You can get that in the show notes. And go there and then click on the link in my profile, and then there will be a link again to sign up for it from there. You can also get a little bit more information, but it'll be really fun. It's just five days. Really simple, but it's going to help you figure out how to meal plan in a way that's actually going to make cooking for yourself easier and your life better. So without any further ado, let's jump into the interview with Emily today. Hey, Emily, thanks so much for joining me. Awesome. Thanks for having me today, Rebecca. Yeah, I'm excited to chat about cooking in different kitchens. So before we get into that, I always ask this question. I think it's so interesting. Uh, I'd like to hear what cooking and eating was like at your house growing up. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I had a pretty traditional, I guess, American um, diet growing up, you know, pretty balanced with meat, um, starch and veggie, like for dinner. Um, but luckily, I didn't grow up in kind of like a dieting household. So really didn't have any of that influence on my, my eating and was pretty free to, to eat um, everything. So I was grateful for that. But pretty typical um american household i would say for for meals at least yeah it's i feel like it makes things so much easier not having expectations for dieting or to see that um cuz that affects so much all right yeah i mean especially now that we're um just getting past halloween now i remember i'd always was allowed to like just go crazy on halloween candy that night and i would pretty much always eat it and get sick, <laughs> but, um, but always had, yeah, I always looked forward to that and mom didn't really restrict that. Um, so I would enjoy it when I, when I could, but no, yeah, I always 
had a good relationship with food growing up, and um, I didn't really get into cooking at a young age.、Uh, I started baking a little bit. Oh yeah.、Um, but it wasn't until probably college that I started getting into cooking. Even though my dad has been、um, in the kitchen, you know, since he was fourteen,、um, works in a kitchen, and、uh, was always surrounded by it, but never really was interested in it until college. I would mainly just burn things. For that, <laughs> so did you? Did so you baked? You said a little bit. Did you cook anything else when you were living、um, at your parents' house before college? I mean, a little bit in high school, I guess, would be when I really started cooking because I started dabbling with vegetarianism probably my senior year of high school. Mainly because I got food poisoning from chicken and said, "Okay, I can probably give this a break for a little <laughs> bit," and just kind of found it easy and didn't really crave it. So, yeah, I did that for almost almost ten years. I still eat seafood, but no red meat or poultry.、Uh, so that kind that. of forced me. Yeah, that's yeah, so interesting. That long time, and now I eat everything and anything. But but that kind of opened the door for you know experimenting with. Different recipes and got me in the kitchen a little bit more since the rest of my family didn't eat that way and and just kind of opened that to explore different vegetarian recipes. So I guess that's when it started mostly. Kind of a similar experience growing up, with the exception of、um, of eating vegetarian mostly. But I didn't really cook until I was in college either. I did take a couple of cooking classes in high school. That、um, were fun and crazy and、um, entertaining, but outside of that, like I, my mom cooked all of my meals, so I didn't cook at home really, except for nachos for snacks. <laughs> nice, but <laughs> it's a good food to cook. It is. It's a good one to know how to cook too, and that、mm-hmm. and top ramen. We experimented、yes. with figuring out how to get those noodles just right, but、mm-hmm. but yeah, I think. I don't know. You hear a lot of people who like to cook, and you know, particularly even chefs, and they have this long history of cooking, and and you kind of imagine that, oh, like if you're gonna like cooking, it's probably something that started really early. But for both of us, that wasn't the case. Right? Yeah. I feel like I should have you know one of those poster child moments of like being on a step stool next to like my grandmother, like cooking sauce or something, but、oh, very、yeah. far from that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't remember. Yeah, one of my grandmas cook cooked a lot、um, when she was younger, and or I mean, like you know, as as we were younger, I guess I should say. And I don't really remember cooking with her. Helped her make、yeah. rolls, but that's kind of about it. But、mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's fun to talk about those experiences that we had with family and and maybe even friends too growing up、um, with food. That's always really fun. So let's transition into kitchens. I'm really curious about your experiences with kitchens. Can you tell me a little bit about the different kitchens that you've cooked in? Yeah, definitely. So、uh, I've have you know kind of an extensive travel、um, criteria, I guess, that I've lived in many different places and many different kitchens. Yeah.、Um, so most recently,、uh, my boyfriend and I traveled out west. Just packed up, and、um, he took a job traveling. So we took the opportunity to go out west, and we're you know living in pretty much Airbnbs for six months, not really knowing which kind of kitchen we would be set up with. And probably the most difficult one was、um, it was a studio apartment, 
and we had no stovetop. We didn't have an oven. Well, they had like a convection, like microwave oven, but no dishwasher, just a single countertop um, to kind of do all of our meals on, um, which proved to be really challenging, but (laughs) in a good way. I mean, you definitely had to think more about meals and planning and cooking and cleaning a lot of that. Um, So yeah, it just made for more innovation, but, you know, I've definitely worked in kitchens with very small counter space. Um, You're not having anything to really cook on is really challenging. Um, But definitely opens your eyes to kind of being creative and innovative and simplifying things just to kind of make it work um, with what you have. And I think that helps, you know, you can handle working in a kitchen like that. I mean, (laughs) you can do pretty much anything in like a normal kitchen. Um, so, so it's true. definitely helpful, helpful to, to experience that and, um, yeah, show you that you can kind of work and use whatever you have that hand to, to make something healthy and delicious no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, especially in bigger cities or maybe cities where the housing is, is older and maybe, you know, doesn't focus on having much space in the kitchen or whatever. There's a lot of people who, who are living in, in apartments or whatever, where they're just, you know, there just aren't those kind of traditional expectations for kitchen appliances, you know, whether it's Mm -hmm. a small oven or stove or none at all, like your experience. I'm, I'm so curious. Um, well, let's just get into it. So what were some of the things that you found to work within that kitchen that didn't, that get me, am I correct? Didn't have a stove Mm -hmm. and didn't have an oven or a dishwasher. Right. Yeah. So it was literally just a single countertop, a microwave, um, and some outlets. We did have a fridge. Luckily, we had a full-size fridge. Oh, nice. Um, yes, that was helpful. But, um, I mean, definitely a crucial piece is having an electric burner, you know, a little um, countertop burner. Uh-huh. Um, we had one of those, which we used very frequently. Yeah. Um, and definitely, uh, I think, to do any hot cooking. You can only do, you know, you can do some in the microwave. You can do you know, kind of a lot, but in order to kind of pull together a meal, definitely having just an electric skillet really helped to make everything work. Um, But definitely doing a lot of batch cooking, um, you know, on one day of the week, maybe it would be like rice or pasta, you know, chopping up vegetables, a lot of that uh, definitely came in handy for when you're trying to make a meal on one little countertop and yeah. not get a, you know, sink full of dishes and then you have no place to put them. And oh my gosh. So, yeah, definitely, definitely challenging, but not impossible. Uh, it just takes a little bit more planning. But yeah, I think we did a lot on just a little skillet. Um, but I would do a lot of like no cook meals too mm-hmm. uh, I mean I just like salads we're in California so it was warm definitely a good meal and we would just put stuff over greens that was really quick and easy and didn't require a lot of cooking so that that kind of structure is very handy for not having a lot of space yeah and I wonder too so I'm thinking 
I have Trader Joe's in my mind and they have a lot of different um, like prepared meals and also ingredients that are ones that can cook up quickly. Did you find yourself, did you find things like that, like maybe microwave rice or whatever? Um, did you rely on those or did those, were those a part of your cooking there? Uh, usually not only because okay. I'm really frugal and I like <laughs> to save money at the same time. Yeah. For uh, sure. so, you know, obviously buying the convenience is really convenient, but, uh, you also pay for it too. It's a little bit higher price. So I would just kind of set aside time to, you know, cook a big batch of rice, say like on Sunday. And then that way it was already done. So if I wanted to make, you know, a meal, I could just, put some of that in a skillet, throw some frozen veggies in, and then maybe like scramble some eggs and have like a simple fried rice kind of dish, things like that. Uh, Or cooking, you know, a big batch of pasta. And that way you can kind of have different meals, but using the same base, not having to like eat the same meal over and over again until it's done. Yeah. Um, But I think just cooking like main ingredients or just like chopping up onions and peppers or any veggies you know ahead of time that way you're not taking up so much counter space doing a lot of prep you can kind of just use that space to cook Uh, came in super handy so I think if you're still trying to stick to a budget uh, or don't really want to rely too much on on the packaged foods then you could definitely go about it that way Mm -hmm. but I think um, I would always keep a couple of those on hand because when you run out of you know, rice or something and you don't feel like cooking and you want something really quick, those are always good to have on hand for those times. Um, they just want something really quick and easy and doesn't require a lot of time. Yeah. So you, I mean, you were able to cook fairly normally. I mean, it wasn't as easy as, as if you had a stovetop in an oven, I would imagine, but you were still able to do a lot of what you would normally do. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like I said, it takes just a little bit more planning Mm -hmm. and innovation, I guess. Yeah. And uh, definitely have to clean as you go because, I mean, having all the dishes piled up or you using, you know, the same skillet or utensils, uh, just cleaning up as you go kind of eases it, um, eases the process a little bit too and not having so much stuff all over your single little countertop that you're trying to cook on uh, was definitely helpful and especially since I didn't really have a big place to put all of the clean dishes uh, so kind of just going as I cooked um, helped out with that and then it was all done uh, when I was sitting down to eat that's always kind of my thing is I like to just be like done and clean so I can just like enjoy the meal and don't have to dread cleaning up afterwards so I tried to just get in the habit of cleaning as I went to which kind of helped it helped the whole process as well yeah yeah you know I do the same thing so I I mean my kitchen is nowhere as small as that one sounds um but I did have a friend come in and just be shocked at how small it is <laughs> and um yeah I don't have a dishwasher either and I cried when my landlord said that because when I came to tour this apartment he said oh yeah well we should be able to put one in and it that 
wasn't able to happen. And, but yeah, I mean, doing the dishes while you're cooking as cliche as it sounds and as easy as it is to dismiss can be so helpful because the reality is like you will have downtime when you're cooking. Right. Without doubt. And even if it's just five minutes, like you can get a lot of dishes done in five minutes and it makes your kitchen seem less chaotic and you don't have to resort to putting like putting things in your living room or on the floor, which I 100% have done, you know, you know, I mean, just like leaving pans or whatever on the floor. It just, it, it's, it's just a lot. It's a lot. So I'm with you on that and it's, and it's doable and just, you know, and it, instead of having to take extra time afterward, you're already in the kitchen then, and you're maybe keeping an eye on something that's cooking which you would do anyways, that way you're able to do more. So that long winded thing I'm right with you on, on cleaning up as you go. It's super helpful. <laughs> yes. So what, so you kind of, you, you said that you would make like fried rice. Are there any other dishes that you found to be versatile and or easy to make, um, with, you know, that limited kitchen, for example? Uh, one thing that I made a lot actually were tacos. Uh, we did a lot of like tofu tacos or like ground turkey because that you can kind of just make all in one skillet and then you're just using obviously like corn tortillas Mm -hmm. on the side. Uh, so you're really only just cooking like the meat or the protein part of it all in one skillet. And those were usually pretty quick and easy to make, but a lot of times I'd make tacos, um, Again, like salads, it was, I don't know, I'm so cliche as like a dietitian too <laughs> that I like salads so much, but I, I do. And they're just really easy to, to prep um, in a small kitchen, especially if you get like the, the pre-washed greens. That's like one kind of convenient food that I buy is like the big thing of washed greens. So that way you just like throw that in your bowl and uh, if you have like tofu or cook chicken I always do like a rotisserie chicken because that is again easy to kind of just pull off and put in a bowl open like a can of black beans and toss that in so anything that I can kind of just like open and dump (laughs) into a bowl was great Um, but one recipe that I like which I made even in a full-size kitchen was like a five minute five ingredient chili and you kind of just use it as like a base but Mm -hmm. I just did a can of stewed tomatoes, can of tomato paste, like a big can of kidney beans, uh, and then chili powder and cumin. And then that would kind of just be the base. And you could add whatever kind of veggies or frozen veggies like corn or pepper strips, anything like that into it. And you'll literally just have to heat it up. Sometimes I wouldn't even heat it up. I would just eat it because I'm weird and don't like hot food. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, I I mean, that makes things even easier, which is even better. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Probably not the norm on that one, but uh, yeah, I like things more room temperature. I feel like you can taste the food more when it's not like piping hot. Yeah. Um, At least for certain things. Like I feel like chili tastes better a little bit cooler. And then if it's like super hot, you just taste like heat and not all the flavors when they meld together. Yeah, or you burn your tongue and then you can't yeah, taste much exactly. of anything. Or, or it for... tastes like a spoon because the spoon's so hot. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. Hey, I mean, that's that's really cool. I 
that sounds gross to me. <laughs> I, I mean, but it's, you know, such a simple, like, okay, heat it up. That's really easy. But as a food blogger, like that is great because we never, you know, cook things right before we eat them. Or I shouldn't say never do, but a majority of what I cook is not made right before mm-hmm. I eat it. So, right. Mm-hmm. So that makes things easier. That's awesome. And just, yeah, leaning into your own food preferences. And especially when that makes things easier, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess yeah. I didn't mention like breakfast, but a lot of like overnight oats, uh, especially because it was during the summer. That's again, like a no cook recipe uh, format that you just soak the, the oats overnight. And that, then that way they're like ready in the morning requires like no prep in the morning. Um, and yeah. yeah, you don't have to really break out any utensils or stove tops for it. Um, so we did a lot of those too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, those kinds of breakfasts are just the best. I used when I, I used to, my last job was early in the morning and I was not going to wake up early to cook or to eat. And so I always did overnight oats and they just made life so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, those are fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing all of those. Do you, let's talk a little bit about kitchen equipment. What are some essential item, like kitchen equipment, um, pieces of equipment that you need in a kitchen for yourself? Definitely. Well, I think if you're in that kind of minimal kitchen or lack thereof kitchen, uh, an electric skillet is like a must. Definitely is portable. Um, but you know, acts just like a stovetop. Yeah, you only have maybe one or two burners, but you can definitely do a whole lot more if you have kind of a stovetop situation than if you don't have any. Mm-hmm. So I think if you don't have a stove at all, um, definitely having an electric skillet will make your life a lot easier. That's and then with great. that, kind of having like a, a large nonstick skillet and then like a large stock pot. Because, like, at least if you have something that's big to hold, you know, a lot of food, then you can always scale it back and make something smaller in it as well. Whereas if you only have, like, a small stock pot or a small skillet, you can't really make it any bigger or do any more food in it. So I think, you know, if you have to have only a few things, just having a large skillet, large stock pot. And then if you do have an oven, just a large baking sheet, you can do a whole lot on just the baking sheet in the oven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like having just a really good solid chef's knife, you can definitely do a whole lot with a good quality knife. And even if it's, you know, a little more expensive, you only need really one if you want to do some just really basic cooking and just makes your whole life a whole lot easier when it comes to prepping food. I don't think trying to cut like a butternut squash or any like hearty vegetable with a dull knife is like a very high hazard and difficult. So having a good quality one definitely is safer and convenient. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point because I, so a couple years ago I bought those, um, Oh, what are they? They're colored knives and they're not made out of like heavy metal. Like most of them are They're are they ceramic ceramic? yeah I don't know I think I've seen the ceramic yeah they're awesome because they're really sharp and they're really lightweight and they're very inexpensive but you Mm -hmm. I like I would 
it it would literally not work to cut a butternut squash or even a potato. I don't think with oh, that. Wow. So having mm-hmm. a heavy knife is really important for some of those heart like um, harder foods. So mm-hmm. and that it would be way more versatile than something that you can't use on on most everything or on everything. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. That's great. Yeah. Um. Any yeah. other pieces of equipment that you find to be so important? Um, I think the, the last thing would be like a rubber spatula. I think having one of those, uh, you know, one that's heat proof, that's definitely important. Uh, cause you can kind of use those for, you know, stirring and mixing and cooking a lot of things. And yeah. my biggest pet peeve is like, if I make oatmeal on the stove and then you like put it in the sink and it has like all of those globs of like oatmeal still in it. I just like grosses me out. So you can like scrape stuff, you know, out of a pot or uh, mixing bowl with like the rubber spatula um, just makes everything kind of come out a lot easier and you can use it for a whole lot of different cooking techniques as well. That's so, said, yeah. Yeah. that's so true. It's really versatile. That's yeah, that's a really good um another one. So I'm, I'm wondering, so I have an instant pot, which I love. I find it to be super helpful. Is that something that you feel like would be, I mean, obviously they're about a hundred to, I don't know, whatever more dollar. So it's not a really inexpensive item, Mm -hmm. but if you have it in your budget, do you feel like that is something that would be really helpful? Totally. Yes. So originally I was going to bring an instant pot during our travel, but ran out of car space and couldn't fit it. (laughs) So I had to, you know, make some cuts on what we packed. So instant pot got the, got the cut. So I couldn't bring it. But originally, yes, I was going to bring the instant pot uh, because obviously you can do a lot of different things with it. You know, I think they are called like a multi-cooker. If it's mm-hmm. not like the instant pot brand, but uh, oh, so you yeah. can like saute in it even. So if you don't even have a skillet, you can just use the instant pot to like saute veggies even uh, doing slow cooking in it. And then obviously the pressure cooking. So I think you can do like a lot of different types of meals and like one thing. So I think that's really helpful. Uh, it just takes maybe some education on like how to use it and what kind of recipes you would use it with mm-hmm. which gosh I haven't haven't broken mine out since I moved back and not traveling so I should probably get on that and re redoing all of my instant pot kind of recipes especially oh. this time of year I feel like it's perfect like yeah. slow cooking kind of weather and yeah. stuff so yeah I and get in there Yeah. And, um, this is a little bit off topic, but I feel like this is, you know, a problem that a lot of people experience. So the heating and cooling in my my apartment is terrible and Mm -hmm. there's not much in life that makes me more mad than both of those systems in my apartment. But the Mm -hmm. nice thing about the instant pot is during the summer, like it doesn't heat up my apartment. So, so it, that makes a huge difference when it's, you know, you literally cannot get it under 76 degrees, you know? And so by, you know, cause there's no cooking that you can do that doesn't increase the temperature, at least of your kitchen. And so I found that to be super helpful that it really doesn't have much of an impact on the temperature. That's really true. Yeah. That's a good point. So I found that to be helpful too, but yeah, yeah. so I, instant pots are great. They're just not quite as accessible as some of those other, those other tools. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So just one last question. What is your most proud hack to use in a non-traditional kitchen? Gosh, I think it would just be the batch cooking. Okay. Um, and I feel like, you know, meal prep is such a big hot topic nowadays, but I mean, it really does make a difference if you just set aside like even half an hour, an hour, like over the weekend or whatever day you have free to just kind of cook everything at once or prep things, chop veggies. I think if you, if you do nothing else, just batch cooking, like basic ingredients, like rice, pasta, proteins, and then chopping veggies would be like the biggest thing to kind of help with a non-traditional kitchen or, uh, you know, something that's a little bit smaller to just kind of give you both space, peace of mind, and ease and time uh, when it comes to actually making a dish that you don't have to worry about, oh, cooking the rice, and then how am I going to cook the rice and saute the veggies at the same time, uh, you know, that would just kind of make it even longer and more of a headache to try to plan all of that at once. So I think just at least cooking a few things ahead of time makes such a big difference. That's such a good point. And again, you know, I usually say, well, if you're making rice for one day, then just make extra. But the point of having one burner, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you can't, you have to have something that's cooked. So probably in that case, taking a couple of hours or an hour or whatever and, and batch cooking those different ingredients can be really helpful to set you up for the rest of the week. So I think that's a great tip. Hmm. So thank you so much. Is there anything else that you wanted to share um, before we're done today? Uh, no, I think we, we kind of covered all of my small kitchen hacks that I uncovered during my, my time there. Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, just cleaning as you go, prepping as much as you can beforehand will just ease your mind when it comes to cooking and kind of broadens, you know, what you're able to eat. You know, I would say definitely simplifying meals mm -hmm. uh, is helpful and not trying to, you know, do something so elaborate or putting so much pressure to kind of do these crazy dishes. But I think just kind of doing basics and then adding different spices or different flavors to kind of make it more interesting really just kind of eases the burden of meal prep or cooking when you have limited resources. So don't be afraid to just simplify and use what you have and, you know, <laughs> eat what you have. You don't, you know, not every meal has to be so crazy, um, but just using, yeah, everything that you have on hand is sometimes just the easiest thing to do. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's so true. And I think that like, regardless of what your kitchen's like, I think that's a good and helpful tip because it, it forces you to get creative, which I think is a really good thing. Um, I've experienced that and I've had multiple guests on here too, where we've all kind of shared that sentiment. And also it just, um, you save money and you reduce food waste, which are both important for everybody. And not to say that you have to do that all the time and that you can't like throw food away, but you know, it just, it makes things easier. Totally. Yeah. That's another one of my pet peeves. I like hate throwing out food. So I'm Definitely, too. definitely find ways to just use what I have. And sometimes they're very non-glamorous dishes, but 
you know, I'd rather eat it and, you know, have, just be full and maybe not have something so elaborate um, than rather than throwing it out and wasting money on it. I'm definitely all about that. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right. Well, thanks so much for chatting. This was fun. And I think this was, I think this will be really helpful for people because there's a lot of people who live in places where they don't have, you know, whether it's a dishwasher or a stove or a full stove or a full oven, um, you know, and trying to figure out how to cook at home and save money while working within um, what you've got. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you later, Emily. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Table for One podcast with Rebecca. If you're cooking for one or know somebody who is, make sure to subscribe to the Table for One podcast on your favorite podcast app. That way you can stay up to date on new episodes that will help you make cooking for one easier and more enjoyable. Feel free to continue the conversation over at in the Table for One Facebook group. You can also find recipes or work with Rebecca over at nourishnutritionblog.com or honestly, the easiest way is to follow me on Instagram. My handle is nourishnutrico and you can click on the link of my profile to get more great resources for cooking for one. Talk to you next week. Thank you.